Welcome everybody to Lessons for Life podcast. Thank you for joining us. My name is Troy Hudkins and today we have our guest Kate Kraft with us. Kate, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Troy, for having me. It's awesome that you can take your time out to be with us today. My pleasure. Great. Um, to start with, who is Kate Kraft? In this moment, she is sitting on a chair that she spends a lot of time meditating with. Her dog is close by, who she adores. Uh, Kate is someone who always tries to see the positive in anything and everything. Doesn't always succeed, of course. She loves horses, and she loves her family, and she loves life, and she's still curious. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so, so family is important to you? Mm-hmm. Okay. So who has been your biggest influence in your life, do you think, your mother or your father? Well, it's so strange because I guess it wasn't until my dad died that I realized how much he taught me, how much he was ahead of the stride. I mean, he was an amazing man, but it's sometimes once people pass that you start to reminisce about all the things that you just kind of took for granted. And so probably at this moment in my life, my dad, um, you know, I do numerology. He was a, a master number guy. And he really, when I think of my dad, I can't not bring in this quote. And hopefully I don't um, mess it up too much. And I even read it at his uh, at his funeral, and it's from um, Sai Baba, I think I'm saying it right. It's an Indian, uh, beautiful Indian quote, and it's something like, before you speak, ask yourself, is it kind? Is it necessary? Is it true? And will it improve upon the silence? Nice. And that's my dad. My dad was a quiet man, yet he had, when once he passed, we realized all these stories creeped up about people in the neighborhood that would raid all the gardens, but never my dad's because he talked to them. He talked to the kids that were, you know, recluses and he, he made agreements with them, but we didn't know that my dad and his yard were like at one. He meditated, even though he didn't call it that he could water the lawn with old fashioned mechanisms. He didn't need the, the gadgets and he would just stand there in his glory. And he loved to walk. He was a very simple, simple man. So I have breakfast with him every morning. I used to be rushed in the morning and eat standing up. And once he passed, I put his picture on my kitchen table. And I rarely miss a morning with him now. So he's, nice. he's my guy. That's awesome. Thank you. He's, he's your go-to guy to keep grounded. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, of all the good traits your father has shown you, what do you think is one that you would like to pass along to any of the younger generations? Mm, he never rushed. He was patient. He always waited for my mom, but he never was agitated. It, it, it was something like Eckhart Tolle used to say. He, he, Eckhart Tolle said he, he never waits. He's just enjoying the time and right. that was my dad so he he always found a way just I never saw the guy rush ever enjoy and the I moment. think that's a yeah I, I somehow he always yeah he always had enough time 
Nice. Okay, so of of all the traits, the good traits that your mother had, what do you think is one that you would take from her to pass along? Mm. Mm. Let me think about that one. Um, my mom is in quarantine right now, and it's and or I guess in lockdown, and so I have to dig a little deeper because her situation right now is just it's it's challenging. So I'm just kind of really trying to think of who she really is without the lockdown. Um, I guess with my mom, she really she was kind of um, brilliant in the sense that she could retain so much information about all our friends and she cared about when we told stories and she seemed to just hold on to tidbits so that the next time whether it was years later she still somehow could tap into the story she was i can't remember what your question was but now i'm just getting how yeah ask me the question again make sure i'm just not going off on a tangent here what what good traits did she have that yeah. you would like to pass along hmm my mom was committed to her faith okay yeah nice, nice. Mm -hmm. do you do you have siblings are you an only child i i am the baby of four i have an older nice. sister followed by a brother and then a sister um that's just a couple of years older than me so four kids within five years nice mm -hmm. and what what kind of impact do you think your siblings had on your life and who you are now mm. well it's crazy that, that you say that and i just got this like push to say this they all actually pushed me to be oh, oh i oh, i'm trying to say this in a positive way in case they ever hear this my sisters and brothers were very in the box I, I don't really even think that's true right now but in in my own perception as a young person and when i was trying to figure out who i was i remember thinking i needed to be different and i always was but i think sometimes because i was the youngest and you know, maybe not given as much, you know, I always felt like, you know, I was the last to kind of experience everything. I had to do it in my own way and in a different way. And I'm probably very different. I would see my siblings as all sort of being very similar and yet different, but I'm very different. I would be the one that they often would say was adopted. <laughs> you know, I got the same thing for my siblings. And aren't you a baby as well? I am the baby, yeah. Yeah, see, I think there's something in the baby, yeah. <laughs> we're the spoiled ones that always got everything, and we were punished for it by being told we were adopted. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you can connect yeah. with that one. That's good. Yeah. No, we... I always, I always got told when we were young that, uh, you know, go tell mom she's calling you just, just so they could get me out of their hair and, and I would go do their things. Yeah. What one person outside of your family do you think has had the largest impact or influence in your life? Hmm. I even, you didn't even have to finish the sentence and of course Gord pops in he's my significant other and he's been that for many 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 years and that guy talk about beating his own drum and the confidence that he has and um, 
sometimes very frustrated with him because I've probably spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on trying to figure out who I am through courses, through workshops, through books, through meditation. And then I share it with him and he's got it. And so (laughs) sometimes he ends up quoting something that I taught him and just to sort of throw it back in my face because he just seems to grasp who he is and he ha- he does not follow he does not follow anybody else's road or path and i admire him for that it's super frustrating too of course but i definitely would say that he has shaped my life in incredible ways and often i i kid with him i say just for one morning i would like to be in your brain and i would like to live from your vantage point and his kind of his strength and masculinity and his confidence and his yeah his knowing i guess see see where where he comes from and how he thinks just to be able to just to be able to be in that place (laughs) because you know yeah (laughs) that's awesome gord is an excellent guy i've (laughs) i enjoy talking with him when we're when we're around together yeah who do you think sorry Sorry, no go ahead no i was gonna say he does have a very um uh, he he doesn't ever have to prove anything and so he can be super quiet and yet his confidence still exudes i think you know yeah that's just a little follow-through yeah very he's very knowing of himself yeah he knows who he is and that's that's that kind of thing Mm -hmm. well said thank you Yeah. yeah Who is your idol? Who do you look up to and say, you know, I want to be like them or I want to be how they are, or what they stand for? Hmm. I struggle with that one, to be honest. I don't really have anyone in this moment that I idolize. I mean, I, I love a lot of like, obviously like the Dalai Lama or Deepak Chopra or when Wayne Dyer, like I love those kind of beings, but I, I don't ever think of that. I, need to be like them other than I want to, I guess, be connected to their wisdom. I don't know if that makes sense, but I kind of, yeah, I, I think even as a young person, I remember us having to kind of have that as an essay and I struggled with it because I was like, I don't really want to be anybody else. Okay. Just just be parts of them or have yeah yeah that's a great way to look at i guess because we all are one and so i maybe i just want to feel more the connection to all of all of the beings even the ones that we think we're not learning from where we are all meshed in that right 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 exactly How important is education in your life? Well, I was a teacher for 25 years. So let's, okay. hope, <clears throat> let's hope that, that um, you know, I, that I don't live from the, those who can't teach principle. <laughs> um, okay. it was, there was this, I remember when I was first going into teaching and it seemed like everybody knew that quote and it just bothered me. But um, I, I can't really imagine, I mean, I guess education to me is so broad broad i i can't think of us never not learning and i think of that we don't have to have education out of a book we can go outside and watch a butterfly and we can you know learn from just observing and we can learn from a book and we can learn from others so education to me is such like 
it's such a, and I'm not sure maybe you wanted your question broad and I like that, but education to me is beyond a textbook and it's beyond traditional ways of teaching. And even as a teacher, I guess I hoped <clears throat> that I always let the kids explore if they were really interested in something that they could take it down a whole different avenue than what just the curriculum said I was supposed to. Right. So I did try to provide avenues for kids to really like get excited about their own interests. And as of today, you know, I continue to want to learn and I want to keep growing and whatever form that I guess education comes at me sometimes you know it's just something that you know comes across somebody sends something you know via text and you read it and and you gain something from that um nice. yeah so education nice. for sure is like all I whether we you know use the quote or not I think we're all lifelong learners because we're here having life experience right, right. Mm -hmm. and we constantly grow I yes. always think I always think of the movie The Dead Poets Society with Robin Williams. Right. Where he <laughs> he made everything uh an enjoyable moment for the students where they all participated in this learning, right? Yeah, and I can it, see that a picture of that show right now. Yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't just learning from a textbook. It came to life, didn't it? Yeah. Exactly. So do you think one carries more importance over the other between classroom and life lessons? Hmm. Well, I guess I would have to lean towards life, life lessons itself. Um, and that I think the sprinkling of school education is, has, has its merits for sure. Yep. But okay. yeah, I think I think sometimes we don't realize how much we learn just uh, from being. Look, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I look at my grandchild, my granddaughter right now, and Charlie, yes. and how much she learns and grows. And I actually interviewed somebody the other day, and they were talking about their their two kids, and they're eight and ten, and she's mm -hmm. a teacher. Right. And she says, you know, I'm supposed to be teaching these little people and teaching them about life and, and giving them lessons and things. And she says, my kids teach me so much. Yeah. And, you know, looking at the little kids and how much knowledge they, they soak in in such a short period of time is amazing. And that's, that's literally all life lessons because they haven't even been to school yet. Yeah. But I yeah, I, I think that classroom is, is like a, kind of a starting point. Mm -hmm. I read something uh, once uh, uh, quite a long time ago, and it was just a really, just made me pause. They said, we will never learn as much as we will in the first two years of life. Yeah. Yeah. And you think of where we start, where there's, you know, no language, no speech, no communication. And then all of a sudden we're walking and talking and labeling and defining and comfort. Like, so those first two years of life, supposedly we gain more, whatever information, knowledge, education yep. than we will for the rest of our lives. So it's, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah. So as a teacher, 
Mm -hmm. and teaching kids or even teaching yourself. Right. How do you know when you know? Well, I always see it as it becomes anchored to the heart. It's as though the mind is no longer holding that information. The heart has it and it comes from a different place. It doesn't come from necessarily like regurgitation or memory or from wanting to learn it. It comes from that place that is kind of almost as though you be it, you become it. You are. Okay. Like, like it's just automatic. It's not, you don't have to think about it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Did you ever play sports growing up? I did. Did you? I did a lot of, I'm a, I was, I am still very active. I love movement. I love my body to be out in nature. My body loves moving it. it, When I'm sure that almost by the time I came out of the, the womb, I was doing cartwheels and and um, <laughs> somersaults and back handsprings, and I loved nice. gymnastics uh, as a young kid. And then I did I played like whatever there was available. Whether I loved to skip too as a kid, and uh, but yeah, I did a little bit of like volleyball and basketball. Like never excelled at that kind of stuff. Like I wasn't like going for provincial teams, but good enough that you but know always I involved. Involved, yes, hiking biking yoga nice yeah yeah so what kind of experience have you gained from being part of a team or in a team environment that's good because that's like i guess as of recently i haven't been on a lot of teams so let me just see what so when i think back to basically it was you know really supporting everybody else if somebody was having a good game cheering them on if someone wasn't I I can kind of just picture a basketball team that we had we were probably 15 or something and um, you know somebody was excelling could you like you know be happy for them and when someone was you know not doing well could you you know boost them up and could you sort of you know work as a team the whole concept right like when somebody was having more issues, could you kind of change the role that they played to help support them so that they, you know, could pass the ball more instead of shoot and that kind of thing. Right. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Did you ever, were you ever involved in like debate club or anything like that? No, no, no. That was always something. And even like, to be honest, somebody asked me to do an interview probably two or three years ago. And I, I wasn't, I don't know why I do have a little bit, I think you've helped me here. I mean, this isn't something that I, you know, some people are really natural and feel really like almost excited. I I wouldn't say that would be my story. Uh, So the whole thought of debating or putting attention on myself as an individual, that in fact, still it, it scares me. I don't feel confident in that way to no. So the the big answer is new. (laughs) Okay. Um, What is your why? My why in regards to what? To To life? To life, sure. Okay, say it again. What is my why? What is your why? Regarding however you want to take the question, whether you want it to (laughs) pertain to your personal or your Uh life or your career or what what is your why? I don't know. I think my why would be 
I don't know if this is answering it. This is what's coming from my heart is that my why is to be the best version of myself to show up to the universe without polluting it, without adding negativity, without adding more unnecessary fear. But really my why is to be the best version that I can possibly be. Nice. Awesome. Hmm. Thank you. (laughs) What is your biggest fear? Um, hmm. my biggest fear hmm. it's coming to the surface let me just see if it'll if it'll it has something to do with like i really 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 (laughs) (laughs) want to i already connect with animals and I do some communication but I I have stopped myself many times that I don't feel like I'm it isn't quite perfect or right or I worry that you know I can't do it and so I think one of one I don't know if it's my biggest fear one of my fears is letting that dream go of really continuing to connect with animals on a level that I know is possible on a level that I used to, and I still can, but because I almost seem like I want it so bad, I've kind of pushed it a little bit away. Put a little lock in there. Yeah. I probably just got in my way. So I, yeah, I think that'd be, it's kind of like, you know, not, not, um, not being all that you know you're meant to be would be my biggest fear. Right. And I, I somewhere know that when my horse Lola passed, she, talked to me so much and she died you know and I was right there with her and a miracle uh, happened within moments and she gave me such clarity that this was no joke this was no coincidence that she was definitely communicating with me from above and I was high I mean it was an incredible experience that no one will ever be able to take away from me. So I know she would love if I, you know, didn't get feared by my own fear. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Nice. Yeah. What is your biggest motivator? Happiness. Okay. If it feels good, I'm, I want to do it. Nice. And I try and kind of think, of my motivation more is inspiration so that it doesn't come from a place of force. It comes from a place of flow. And so I like to think what inspires me and feeling good inspires me and being happy inspires me and being healthy inspires me. So anything that kind of keeps me, I guess, back to that why, which is being the best version of myself. Nice. Perfect. That's awesome. What, do you think inspired you to choose the career you're in right now? It found me and I had taken a a break from teaching and in my travels to Africa, I just, you know, through a person I didn't even know stayed with another person. Of course I didn't even know. And they introduced me to an energy wellness therapy. Um, And at that time it wasn't really a big thing going around. It was like, it was still kind of out there. And I carried around a very large booklet about this thing called body talk. And, you know, 
went and did this Camino in Spain and, you know, 300 kilometers, I carried this pamphlet in my backpack for some reason, but I didn't even really understand it, but I knew that I needed to carry it with me on the Camino. And when I got back to Canada, um, I, I was, I was, uh, um, connected to somebody that did this body talk and, I had a session and she thought I already had a bunch of sessions. So she didn't explain much to me (laughs) and it was just a very weird experience, but I finished and I left the session and she said, Oh, by the way, the founder of body talk is here today and somebody can't use their ticket. And then do you want it? And it was like, absolutely. And so everything just kind of happened really fast and I just allowed it. And I just kind of went to his um, session that night. And I remember sitting in this at the university auditorium and I didn't know anybody, but everybody that spoke, I felt like they were talking right to me. And so I just started taking the courses and I was fascinated by it. And Gord um, really supported me. My family didn't. <laughs> they all thought it was wacko. And as I kept taking the courses and I decided that I had kind of come to the place where teaching was not making me as happy anymore. There was too many you know, rules and too many things that I was confined by. And this body talk kind of just said, it's time. And so I took that leap and uh, started taking clients. And I was able to leave the, I was able to retire quite early from teaching. And um, I have kids in my practice, so I still get to see kids and I still get to, um, you know, connect with people. So my teaching background serves me well in my new not even new anymore in this kind of energy world that I get to work in now nice and can you explain just in a couple minutes how what body talk is I use the kind of the umbrella of body talk but I I mean and that's my main modality but it's all just energy so lots of people have heard of have Reiki or touch for health or anything with quantum physics so basically we just we just kind of allow the client to almost like through muscle testing or some people, you know, I guess they call it um, neuromuscular feedback. The client dictates the session by allowing us to sort of tap into what their, their body is saying. And as a practitioner, we have to be open to receive the messages and it's just a a beautiful kind of, um, back and forth flow of energy and whatever comes to consciousness we 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 talk about it there might be body parts involved that are holding consciousness or things that have stories so the body is just this amazing vessel that holds information and sometimes it just needs to express it and sometimes when that is expressed it's like the body is free and it has more space and so then the brain and the body have a different connection after an experience of a body talk there's tapping there's breathing there's laughing there's crying (laughs) and uh yeah it's it's just kind of like a a cleanse nice awesome that is excellent is there any anything else you would like to do well besides that like with the um with the body talk, uh, with energy, with energy communication, I mean, it's with the animals. And I, I do do some animals now, but I guess um, I would like to do it in a kind of a um, more confident way. So definitely love to do work more with animals. Um, 
no, I kind of feel like the energy and the animals and nature and is sort of my vibe right now. It's, this is it. It's yeah. It's filling up a lot of, uh, nutritional needs in me. <laughs> so okay. to speak. So then if you could do or be anything at all without any possibility of failure, what would it be? I just keep seeing me on the back of a horse, knowing exactly oh, what the horse wants okay. to tell me. Yeah, just keep seeing nice. the horse. <laughs> yeah, horses are awesome. Nancy mm -hmm. and I owned a horse for a while, and it was it was amazing. We used to go ride him once in a while. Mm. The kids were around him. Yeah, it was awesome. They have a lot to teach us, and uh, yeah, they're so forgiving. <laughs> yeah, we do make a lot of mistakes, and yet they just. They're just there. Yeah. What do you do in your spare time to take your mind off things? Well, I'm, I'm definitely in nature a lot. I love to walk or run or bike, be in the coolies, ride horses. Um, that's something that is, that I love just being outside. I love to write. I write every morning. I journal. Um, nice. I don't write stories. I write, what I guess for me feels like just connecting back with my soul and my source. Um, okay. Kind of like I a meditate. gratitude journal. Yeah, kind of, but it doesn't have to, sometimes it's, it's, sometimes it's messy and sometimes there's no gratitude. Sometimes it's frustration and, okay. and, and just a way to like, like scream um, at what's not feeling right or what's not connecting right. or what all of that so yeah no not always gratitude <laughs> okay but uh, i meditate um i belong to a you know a dream group where we analyze our dreams and nice. it's a really amazing group of people and it's super intimate and i realized that some of these people in this dream group know me better than my you family know yourself. well then i know myself yeah yeah and so that's a really, um, that was a beautiful addition to my, to my world. And, um, you know, I connect with friends. I've, I've lived in a lot of different places. So I, I have friends in lots of different places that I keep in touch with. And, uh, nice. yeah. Um, and yeah, basically anytime I can kind of get outside and play, I love to play. Okay. Um, yeah. So whether that's, you know, cleaning up the yard or, when I have a garden, I, I do a bit of gardening. Um, yeah, just, just, yeah, being in nature is probably the best for my soul. Nice. So you do your meditation and yoga and your, your own sort of self-healing. I do. do you, what would you suggest for others? Find what makes you happy and do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I, I, well said. Yeah, that's it. Like there's, there's no recipe that's going to fit for everybody. Find your own, your own ingredients and make the best soup possible and, nice. uh, and warm it up daily and eat it and enjoy it. What do you think is the biggest lesson you've learned in life so far? Hmm. The word failure popped into my head, and I'm not sure why. I probably um, that failure isn't failure. Failure is just a way of showing you 
something you need to do another way or I don't know if it, I don't it's funny I can't quite uh I don't feel like I've uh I, I suppose we all hate to fail and I guess if we could if we could allow each other not to sort of see ourselves and maybe it's maybe that own like where have I failed and where am I still judging that so I don't know my biggest lesson is uh maybe allowing growth through whatever we call failure okay what one thing in your past do you think has given you your greatest life lesson okay give that one to me one more time i got lost in it what one thing in your past do you think has given you your greatest life lesson hmm. I've done a lot of traveling by myself. And in some of those times when I really trust my instinct, my intuition, I feel um, the knowing that I am protected by something much greater than myself. Okay. And travel has given me that. I don't know. I did India and Africa and uh, some of those experiences, I guess, could have been, I don't know. You, you just hear like a lot of people before I left for some of those just in such fear for me. And I, you know, obviously my parents and I would just say, but that's not what I'm attracting. I, I, I'm not looking for the person who's going to hurt me. I'm looking for the person who will be there to help me and watch my backpack when I have to zip to the bathroom or help right. me find the right place to grab a ticket or get on the right bus or, you know, so right. I think somehow independence or travel and kind of putting yourself in a very, you know, where language, you know, is, is not easy. And yet somehow there's something else that you allow to gain momentum. Okay. So talking about some of those things, how important are good and positive relationships in your life? Everything. I mean, obviously the relationships that are good are there to sort of harness or match what you already want. And I guess the not positive relationships I find the most intriguing because those are the ones that I know I have some huge growth so right now i probably have a couple of relationships right now that cause me great pain when i think of them and they are people that i care about but the relationships are very um, what uh, what is the word dysfunctional and okay. i i am still i don't want to like some people say you know they're dead to me or you know i i don't care um i have pressed the pause button because I care yep. and I care enough about myself not to force or make something happen. That's not ready to happen, but equally important as great relationships. Cause they say we don't learn a ton from people who easily love us. <laughs> we, we learn from the people who challenge us and who sometimes hurt us and who sometimes mm, don't agree with us. And so I'm, I love my positive relationships. I love being with those people that are easy to be with. And yet I know that 
some of my other more challenging relationships are where there's a part of me that's like bursting to expand to figure it out nice how important is it to have a positive attitude in all your dealings whether it be with family friends work or even in your own alone time there's no other way <laughs> for me as soon as this you know virus broke out and i don't know i i know there's now there's all these beautiful things you can find online and everybody's finding the silver lining but i thought of it immediately i just i immediately knew that the virus has a higher purpose and so i i i guess my default is set it positive it doesn't mean i'm always there don't get me wrong i have lots of i have lots of like everybody else but i guess i i know where i really want to be even when i'm down being negative or when i'm sad or when i'm frustrated i know where i want to be and i linger there i try to linger there most of the time right yeah perfect yeah and that that's what i try to do i try to be positive you're very all the positive <laughs> you just try to be your, happy your space and you can feel your positivity you are yeah. you're like this big bubble of energy that when you just like kind of like even like whatever eight feet away you can already feel it hitting your energy field so yeah good. you're that you're that good <laughs> because that's <laughs> what i try to be i try to be positive and happy all the time I don't even think you try, Troy. So get rid of the try. You just are it. Because when we try, there's a forced piece. And you don't try. You just are it. You emanate it. I don't see you trying. Because trying makes it hard. And you, yeah. just, you just are it. Well, good. I'm glad. Thank you for that. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. What is one thing that you've accomplished in your life so far that you're most proud of? <laughs> Everybody always says they're kids. I have no kids. Um, I guess I could think of my puppy. No, um, what is, oh, I don't know, Troy. Um, hmm. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm really proud of the business I've grown with Body Talk. And I'm really proud nice. of the clients that I've attracted. And I'm really proud that even in times where things change, that some of those clients still trust me at a distance. Nice. And I guess I'm very grateful for that. So I'm going to go with that one. Nice. Because when I started, when I left teaching and I thought I'm going to be this body talker, um, I didn't really have the details worked out. There was obviously something, again, bigger than me that trusted that or that helped me grow a business. And, and I'm, yeah, sometimes I look back and I'm like, scratch the old head it's like how did how did i do that so how did this yeah. happen how did this happen yeah, how did i get there all of a sudden here i am yeah just remember that wherever you are that's where you will be there you go so yeah what is is there is there anything that you've done in your life that you wish you could go back and change nope I don't know. That one came fast. I don't. I, I think yeah. every 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 action and reaction has caused me to be right where I am. And perfect. And yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. dwell in in regrets. I guess it's done. I go forward. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so that being said, mm -hmm. you wouldn't change anything. But if you could write a letter to your younger self, 
what age would it be and what advice would you give? Hmm. It's weird if I could switch the letter around. Uh, what came up is that my seven-year-old self would like to write a letter to who I am now that says I'm perfect as I am. Keep playing, keep having fun, keep being who you are. and Don't give, give a damn about what you think you're supposed to do. Nice. Nice. <laughs> awesome. I think my seven-year-old self was very wise. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I think about that and I wonder, you know, as a younger person, how how wise were you? Because sometimes you're pretty wise. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. If you could have lunch and a chat with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Well, good old Dalai Lama came in first, so I guess I shouldn't fight that. I didn't even, it, this the visual, he just popped in because I love his little laugh. Like you've, I've heard him on interviews and he just, he keeps, what I love about the Dalai Lama is simplicity. He keeps everything so simple. And he really, way back when, I just remembered kind of the word compassion really being something that I learned or heard or um, was intrigued about and this probably was you know like 30 or 40 years ago I remember hearing the word compassion which is so which is so you know hip now <laughs> but back in right. the day when it wasn't I think I think I would attribute my understanding of compassion to the Dalai Lama so I think nice. I think I think I'd like to meet up with him yeah cool if you could live anywhere in the world where would it be anywhere near water ocean Someplace that is a lot of beautiful sunshine and a place where um, it's at ease, like less mm, busyness. Manana. Sort of. Oh, let's meet in Ecuador. Right, <laughs> Banana. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. one of the things I've read. All all around South America, Manana is a big thing, and it the the meaning of manana i found out is maybe tomorrow like oh. like not but tomorrow never comes right so it's kind of right. like whenever oh so relaxed so, so chill yep so laid back i i actually worked with a lady in um one of my jobs who had a place in nicaragua mm. and she talked about some of the people she had doing renovations on her house and it's, you know, stuff, stuff that you would think would take, you know, two, three weeks to get done. She was like six months in and people would show up to work and they would do a bunch of things. And when they were there, things would get done, but they might show up. They might not, you know what I mean? And it was just right. like, it was to them. It was whenever, whenever we get to it, we'll get to it. Such so a different philosophy kind of, than, than us, right? Like it, oh, it, yeah. would, it would be interesting to see how someone like you and I would do there because would that like drive us crazy? Because as much as I am relaxed, I also like completion. So I think that would right. be beautiful to, to test ourselves. It, it would just be so freeing not to have to like have 
all this, it's kind of like finite energy is what we live in when we want things a certain way, but they're more infinite. When you think of what you just shared, that's kind of like, they're more in an infinite flow. This is like, (laughs) whenever. And and one thing that I always think of is, you know, when they, when they're down in South America, they are so bent on family, family and generations. And like when they have a family dinner, it's not, you know, you and your spouse and your children it's like the grandparents the parents the yeah. cousins the nephews the nieces it's everybody everyone and they are so into family and they shut down everything to do family stuff yeah all the time and, it's beautiful and like i look at us in north america like we're a fast food society i always say oh because yeah. you want it now you want it fast and you got to get it done because you got to move on to something else. Right. Yeah. And I think sometimes, like you said, being down by the ocean or something, kicking back with your feet up and just relaxing oh, and yeah. taking in life, right? Like just enjoying yeah. being. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah. would be so awesome. Yeah. I'll second that. <laughs> what <laughs> type of music makes you happy? What's your go-to um, I'm, I'm pretty eclectic but I do love like Keith Urban and Michael Bublé and um, I, I like even Santana and I don't know I just I love songs that just like um, kind of make your body move you know I like I mean I like quiet songs too but I, I think probably more of the upbeat ones and yeah but I'm pretty like I'm pretty open I like a lot of genres I don't really have to yeah yeah i'm nice. pretty open yeah okay so if you were stuck on a desert island mm-hmm. and the device you had with nowadays with electronics it would never die mm-hmm. but it could only play one song over and over without stopping what song oh oh my gosh oh um hmm. keith urban who wouldn't want to be me <laughs> There you go. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. It's <laughs> amazing. Okay, oh, the so, other one that came up. Hang on. Hang okay. on. I got a second one. Oh, oh, oh. It's um uh Kermit the Frog, the Rainbow Connection. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. He popped in. I thought, oh, I better include him. Okay. Yep. Or it's not easy being green. <laughs> no rainbow <laughs> connection, that'd be a good one. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so one final question. Okay. Um, Set. Drum roll. Kate Kraft has yes. gone through her life. She has accomplished everything she's ever wanted to accomplish. She has learned everything that she could ever want to learn. She's become the most amazing person out there. And when you pass on, you have to take everything with you, and no one here would know who Kate Craft is. But if you could leave behind three lessons for life for future generations, what would those three lessons be? Laughter, love, (laughs) 
I long for more. Nice. Laughter, love, and long for more. Mm -hmm. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much, Kate, for joining hey. us. I appreciate it. Thank um, you. It was fun. I was actually nervous, and I even had dreams about us last night that everything was going wrong and we couldn't connect, and I was saying things I didn't mean, and it was hilarious. And uh, I don't know, like sometimes just something that gets me out of my comfort zone is so healthy, but I also sometimes, you know, uh, you know, get in my head a lot. Well, maybe, maybe you'll have to bring that dream up with your dream group. Exactly. I will for sure. I will for sure. That's awesome. Again, I appreciate your time, Kate. Thank you okay. for joining have us. A, and this has day, been Trish. Lessons for Life. Thank you, Kate. This has been Lessons for Life podcast. Join us again for another episode coming soon. Thank you.